Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. It is the Wolves preview. I am Mick, and I'm joined by Mike from Opta. That's usually a stat show, and I guess it is a little bit in a way. So we're going to get stuck into some half twelve woes from last year, definitely, and and the wider half twelve quarter one kickoffs that we seem to always get. But um, yeah, before we get into it all, Mike, how are you doing? Yeah, really well. Been sort of tapping my fingers throughout the international break, waiting for. Uh... Waiting for the Premier League to start again, but it's finally here, so that's good. It is. It, it is like I think Klopp mentioned something in his press today. Like he was, it was, it's good because he can watch movies or something. I think he, he kind of said that, but he, he had, yeah, he kind of stopped himself because I don't, I don't know if he wanted to, yeah, get taken out of context like he always does. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, before we get into the, the the stats type stuff, I guess like we've got, of course, Wolves away and. It just gets you thinking about last last season back in February where Liverpool were an absolute shadow of a team. A 3-0 loss, early own goal from Matip, I think, and then we just looked like we just looked like a shell of a team. And yeah. seven months on, confidence is a big thing. I think different system helps as well. Um but it's it's mad to think like Liverpool are now unbeaten. I think it's in fifteen from the back of last season and into this season. And it's mad to just to think like back to that game and how how we deflated we all felt in that period, losing loads of games and whatever, compared to where we are now. It's just it's crazy, you know. I think we were exclusively playing Wolves and Brighton alternatively, every week. yeah, every, yeah, pretty much every week in that period, and, and, and losing and, to them. Exactly, <laughs> that made it worse. Usually, we'd beat them, so it'd be a good thing. But we were just getting beat every week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a it was an odd one because obviously Van Dijk was out for that period and it was the one sort of period of the season where Liverpool looked a bit vulnerable from set pieces and Wolves just dominated us from set pieces. It was like, I think there was that, it wasn't just Van Dijk being out, there was also sort of the midfield um, was depleted. Fabinho and Henderson weren't really being trusted. So it was like Bicetic and Thiago and Elliot who are fine, but they don't quite have the height or the aerial ability that 
Fabinho and Henderson had so all sort of combined to be in basically Liverpool getting done from set plays by a lot of teams around that, around that period and the Wolves really took advantage and Dawson's got a great record against Liverpool because he always pops up with a set piece goal against Liverpool um, but yeah you're right it's mad how things have changed now 15 unbeaten 10 wins 5 draws 3 wins and a draw to start the season I mean to be fair I don't think many people would have actually predicted 10 points from the first four games Liverpool have had to say they've gone to Chelsea and gone to Newcastle. Um, Villa were flying before that 3-0 win as well. So I don't think, I think 10 points is a really good return. Um, and hopefully we won't see a, a game quite like the, the exact fixture last season. Yeah, I think, you know, I haven't done a show with you for a while, so we haven't really spoke about those those games as much apart from over text and stuff. It, it's good to see Liverpool. Yeah, I think going into the season, I think we've done a chat about like how we're going to, play and stuff and off the back of last season we were optimistic because of what we'd seen it was yeah. just about translating that over into a new season with loads of players leaving and then you're having to kind of rebuild the whole thing and I think a lot of credit has to go to Klopp and the, and the, and the, and the coaching team and whatever and the players he's brought in for kind of making that transition as I mean very seamless really like we I think it would it, we shouldn't have been surprised if there was a few, few teething problems, but the quality that we've brought in um, is just is ridiculous, and, and I guess goes into hopefully we can take that into the into the Wolves game and these early kickoffs. I think, like Klopp said in his press conference, are fine if it's not after an international break. If it's <laughs> you, you played five days early, then you've got another kickoff on the Saturday. You're like, well, that's, it's, it's no problem, but it's the mm-hmm. it's the after the international break stuff, which is. What we're going to get on to, because you know, you've been posting uh, a few bits about it over the last couple of days, and, and rightly so, and then people latch on to it and, and, have, and retweet it. Like, your tweets just go mad. And I, I see them straight away, and then I'm like, yeah, that's going to have, like, five retweets in an hour. So your phone yeah. must be, like, red hot after, like, half an hour. I just have to turn um, the phone off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like one of them. It's like, it's like a you've become, like, a... A mini PS, but you're um, a mini, a mini Joyce, I should say, where you're like, you just tweet something, then you just turn your phone off and just go and have a bevy and like come back later. <laughs> and your phone's on fire. I definitely um, can't reply to them all. No, no, no way. No. Um, but yeah, you posted stuff about like the early kickoffs and whatever, and and Jürgen got asked about it today and by James Pierce, and he's not, he's clearly not a fan of James Pierce because his face just went red straight away, and you can see the veins yeah. popping out and his eyes of where squinting a little bit like how dare you ask me a question basically um and Klopp said yeah it's fine if you've got time to prepare if I'm not after an international break which which is what we all want but yeah the stats on it are pretty ridiculous considering I mean Liverpool had a draw because we get viewers and whatever but the amount of times we've had early kickoffs half 12s or quarter ones compared to everyone else is is pretty much a joke isn't it yeah, well, Klopp called it a joke um, when he was answering, eventually answered Pierce um, today. But um, yeah, he, he called it a joke because he said he said earlier in the press conference he hadn't even seen the players that have come from South America. So Allison, McAllister, Nunez, um, the, he hasn't even seen them. Diaz as well, hasn't even seen them come back from training. And the press conference was 24 hours before the game. So how he's meant to prepare for this match, well, it must have been ridiculously difficult. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll come on to sort of talking about who we expect to play later. But, um, yeah, I think that's where the issue lies because the stat, which I tweeted earlier, was that um, so since Klopp has been at Liverpool, it's now 12, this is the 12th time 
they've had the Saturday lunchtime kickoff after an international break, um, which is double anyone else. So Tottenham have had six, Chelsea have had six, they're the nearest, Liverpool on 12. So it's 12 out of a possible, I think it's 27 instances. Um, and to add to that, they've also got the one after the October international break against Everton. Um, that one's also Saturday 12.30 after the international break. So it's going to go to 13, so it'll be more than double. Um, and the fact that this Liverpool over the years have had a lot of South American players, we've just lost two, Fabinho and, and Firmino. So this has been a regular problem for Liverpool where players have had that. McAllister was playing in Bolivia on Tuesday and, and that's incredibly high altitude. He's having to take oxygen. Um, so the, the demands, just in terms of looking after these players, there's a duty of care there for the Premier League and even BT Sport, because they're ultimately the ones picking, or TNT Sport as they're called now, picking these games. They've got a duty of care to the players, I feel, that they're disregarding and they're not really taking into account um, the safety of the players in terms of how much travelling and then high-intensity football that they've, they've got to play. Yeah, and Klopp mentioned it, like, um, and he always mentions it, like, when he's going to pick a team, I'm sure he can go and say to Luis Diaz, for example, like, are you okay to play? And I'm sure he'll say yeah, because he's a warrior. But it's then... Fair and like you said to the numbers and the duty of care, like is he okay to play? Like physically, is he in a proper? Mm. Is he in the mental and physical state? Because we know what football's like; it is driven by the numbers and stuff, and, and the data guys in terms of um, relying on them to see um, if a player is ready or not. Which I understand, and um, yeah, it's difficult to get that balance. But it's it is. I mean, the tweet we mentioned and the one you put out, like it is. I was looking at some of the quote tweets and I was just like laughing because it's it's like everyone agrees like it's like how how are Liverpool getting this many games after international breaks when <laughs> yeah when you've got loads of inter- uh, loads of South American players players I mean it's lucky that Endo was I think his two games were in were in Europe I think so he was luckily not as bad otherwise that would have been another one where you are like then you're missing potentially Endo going into into this game because he. I guess wouldn't be in the right uh, frame of mind, or uh, I mean, not right frame of mind, but like in terms of like body state and like mental state, is he going to be in the in the best possible place for it? Yeah, and that, and that kind of feeds into what um, what it was like last year with with the half with the half twelves because you sent me over a little a little, a little graph about the um, we had six last year, which is I mean. I mean, again, again, a joke. You know? the, the Premier League record is seven. So we were one off the Premier League record, but we had five of them away from home, which nobody's had more than that in a season at that kickoff time. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a mad number. Yeah, and like you said, five were away for, for a moment. And some of the, some of the uh, stats from those were, I mean, scored three goals um, in those games, like just because Liverpool were, I guess, not in a, in the right vein of form anyway but to then start throwing in that many early kickoffs with a, a very underconfident Liverpool side it was a it was a recipe for disaster and even even a fully fit and fine Liverpool team like after that international break early kickoff you don't you'd always worry because like players come back from um all over the all over the world traveling loads and thousands of miles uh, a Liverpool side who were I guess not finding the feet, but still trying to find the best way. I mean, starting the season really well, but we still need to do that. We're, we're, we're going to be missing Trent Klopp confirmed. We're going to be missing uh, potentially a few of the South American lads. So it's going to it's going to be difficult. And these early kickoffs just don't really 
help us. I mean, it, I understand, like I said before, like the draw to Liverpool and we get viewers and whatever else, but it's just it just doesn't seem like a fair reflection of what it should be. It should be, like there should be some of the other bigger teams higher up in that list as well, shouldn't there? Well, what surprises me is you'd expect to if, if Liverpool have been in the Champions League for most of the seasons under Klopp, okay, it's Europa League this season. Um, but so for, for, for BT or TNT, they can only, they can't do a Thursday night and then a team playing on a Thursday can't then play a lunchtime Saturday. So they don't have many opportunities to sh- actually show the teams in the Europa League. But Liverpool haven't been in the Europa League. So it's just, it, it makes it more baffling that Liverpool have been in the Champions League where they're playing Wednesday night and then being asked to play Saturday lunchtime kickoffs quite often. That's what that's what's odd. Like Arsenal, who have been in the Europa League that whole time, you'd have thought after the international break, right? That's the only time BT have to show Arsenal really because they play. They've been in the Europa League for many seasons and up till this season. So they've been playing Thursday. They can't do Saturday lunchtime. See the four Arsenal, big club, big draw. They must get lots of viewers. They've got a massive fan base, but they've only been shown three times at twelve thirty after an international break. In the time Liverpool have been shown twelve times. Um, which it's so, so there's four times the, the difference there. Um, and Liverpool are about to go to 13 when it's in after the October one as well, so it'll be 10 more times than Arsenal. Um, so it really it, it's it's odd to be honest. It's just I, I you'd have to ask the decision makers in terms of who's pick who's deciding and picking these games what their um reasoning is. Um, but yeah, you alluded to the games last season at Liverpool. Just didn't win any of those six 12.30 kickoffs last season. Only one of them was actually an inter- after an international break, and that was the Man City away, which was a, a bad game for Liverpool. But um, the others weren't actually after an international break. But still, it was three draws, three defeats, three goals scored in six games. But if you actually look further into the stats of that, it, they really should have scored a lot more than um, three goals. There was 8.56 expected goals. So we're talking should have scored between eight and nine based on the chances they had. They had 13 big chances. Two of those were more solid penalties, which he missed. Um, so it was just things like that. Just just Liverpool were actually getting chances in some of those games and not finishing. They actually had four in a row where they didn't score at all between Fulham on the opening day, scored two, Man City scored one. Between those two, they had four 12-30 kickoffs where they didn't even score a goal which is absolutely mental, really, um, for a team with an attacking talent Liverpool have. Um, so it, it has to improve tomorrow. <laughs> that's all That's all we can really say. Yeah, and I, I guess it comes, again, back to, like, who... I mean, I, I'm happy that this type of stuff's getting talked about because it's all well and good saying, like, if you don't have the numbers and whatever, and you're like, oh, it feels like Liverpool play a lot of it in the kick-off. So it's, it's good to have these type of things highlighted, like, especially on Opta... It was last season, wasn't it, where you, uh, it got broke down like um, time-wasting and goal kicks yeah. and whatever else and stuff like that really brings it to the forefront and then people are seeing it, referees are seeing it, they can then go, well, these are the teams we need to look out for, et cetera, et cetera. So this is another way of like bringing it again to the forefront and saying, surely this needs to change. Like Liverpool have clearly getting loads more games than anyone else at this time. Um, just I know, I know, I don't know who's in charge of it all and whatever else, whoever they support, probably a United fan, potentially. Uh, but the, <laughs> trying to just piss Klopp off as much as you can isn't a good enough reason to keep giving Liverpool these early kickoffs. So 
I mean, bringing it to the forefront again, like I said, is is a, is a good thing for us to be discussing it and for people to be like, well, yeah, that is a thing because the data backs it up as well. It's not just a feeling anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. That's, it makes me so proud to work for Opta, really, because, course, yeah. um, you, you know, what they did last season in terms of highlighting the time wasting, what we did as a company, you know, look at the rule changes this season. And I genuinely believe that has been brought more to the attention of the referees because Opta went quite big on it and did quite a lot of um, tweets and articles about it and, and put it out there to me. He gave it to BBC, gave it to Sky to talk about. And it's now probably the biggest talking point in in the game really is the amount of added times being added on to, to games and, and and players getting booked for waving imaginary cards or for time wasting taking long over throw-ins things like that so i think I, it does make me proud to work for opt to that that we can have that sort of influence in terms of what people are talking about so that's what i'm trying to do here with the 12 30 kickoff so i'm trying my best mick to to bang the drum there that it's getting a bit silly um and if it carries on i'll i'll keep trying to mention it on, on, on Opta and things like that. But um yeah, um it's 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 good that it is being talked about because then and then the more clock gets asked about it, the more it will make a difference you feel in terms of decision making because suddenly BT or TNT will be aware and they'll be thinking, oh hang on, we're we we we're possibly doing this a bit too much because then if you don't say it, they won't be aware, they won't care. If if, if they think that nobody's talking about it, they'll just keep carrying yeah. on. Um, and it doesn't bother them. Whereas now it's getting mentioned. Now they have to address it at the very least. Yeah, I, I don't get if it's. I, I don't mind if it's like harmless and they're like, well, Liverpool are a, a, a big club. Let's put them on because they'll get loads of views, whatever. But it's. I'm wondering about like, the reason and behind giving us like, an unfair, disadvantage basically going into going on to a very tricky away game. Wolves away is always tricky. Last year was horrific, but across the board. It's a hard place to go. It always is, but thrown into the, the fact that we're going there after an international break with players out and players potentially tired, people missing, people being on the bench, and etc. It, it makes it even more difficult, doesn't it? Well, I feel like I should point out it's not just Liverpool that have this problem. Most teams actually have a poorer record at twelve thirty than their general Premier League record. It's there's only really. Uh, Man City, who have a sort of Villa, Aston Villa, do quite well. Weirdly, I, I, when you look into the data, who does well at, at the kickoff time, um, because Liverpool actually have better points per game record at half twelve than Man United since Klopp joined, than Arsenal since Klopp joined, than Tottenham since Klopp joined. So the big teams, but again, all of those clubs, including Chelsea, who are marginally above Liverpool for points per game at twelve thirty, they're all below the points per game average at twelve thirty than they are. At, but it's not just those big clubs. I'm not just saying it's a big club problem. We have more international players. Newcastle, who, OK, they're, they're, they're good now, but in recent years, they haven't been as had the level of player that they've got now. Their points per game in 17 games at 12.30 is 0.65. That That is beyond relegation. That is terrible. Absolutely terrible. Wolves says it's 0.73, so they're actually really low at this kickoff time. Again, that's way below their average. So it's not just all... I'm not saying it's a big team problem. Um, you look at Crystal Palace, 0.88 points per game, so fewer than a point per game. That's relegation form, but Palace haven't looked like rele- getting relegated for a long time. So you can see that it affects other teams as well because it's just so much harder to prepare for that early game. It's, and you know, so it's not. I'm not just beating the drum and saying it's a Liverpool problem because it's a problem for all teams. And you just expect, yeah, fine, that kickoff slot existing is fine. 
but just make sure you share them out so every team has a more even amount of games at that slot because it just seems ridiculous that um you know this is actually Wolves first one to come after an international break since Klopp joined so it well as Liverpool have had 12 and it just makes no it just makes no sense given Wolves haven't even been in Europe so they don't have a problem with midweek football like Liverpool have had um, and okay yeah they don't get the TV audience you know that, that Liverpool would get but I don't see really the relevance surely they've got to pick every team a certain amount of games um, so yeah, I I I don't know the reasons either, Mick. Really, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would love to know. I mean, we'll never know. And Klopp said, "There's no point." Klopp kind of just said, "Like it's pointless talking about it because it'll never change." And it's like, well, <laughs> he's it, he's it, it's right because it, it, it yeah. hasn't changed. So a change of name um, from BT to TNT as it obviously isn't going to change that. So it's one of them. Just have to get on with it, I guess. But mm-hmm. bringing it to the forefront is. In, in a very small way over on Copy Podcast, we're, we're doing our best over here. So everyone else can do the same. Yeah. And then, yeah, let's, let's do our bit and, and get it into the forefront. Um, but yeah, we've let's let's talk about team news then, because uh, Klopp confirmed Trent will be out of this week. Hopefully, I mean, I don't expect he'll risk him for the Europa League. I reckon, hopefully, he might be fit for, for West Ham next Sunday mm-hmm. potentially. Well, hopefully, um, and then he also mentioned about like the South American lunch, which we've already discussed, and he hasn't seen them yet. And uh, so Diaz, um, Callister, and Nunes, Nunes also um, has apparently got some muscle injuries as well, which he came yeah. off in one, one of the games. So, I mean, based off all of that, let's let's discuss team news then, because. I think Allison. I mean, Allison not playing for Brazil in both games in itself is another joke. But I don't want to be moaning the whole podcast because we need to have some positivity. Yeah. But Allison will will surely start in goal for this one. Yeah. Only, albeit he should be starting for Brazil as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure Allison will start. I think Klopp's never been too worried. Goalkeepers ultimately don't cover 10, 11 kilometers a game on top of all the high intensity and high speed and sprints. So, so they don't have. Yeah, it's physically demanding in a different way, but not in terms of tiring on their leg muscles and things like that. So, uh, yeah, so I'd imagine Alisson starts. The big worry was if, because obviously we sort of knew Alexander-Arnold would be out. It was kind of a hope maybe it was a fake international break injury to make sure he didn't have to play for England, but that's obviously not the case because he's out at the weekend. It was a genuine um, injury. Um, So with him being out, Van Dijk being suspended, Canate missing the last two games as a worry about, oh dear, we're a bit short in terms of defensive numbers here. Would you put Gomez at right back? But then you'd have to maybe trust Kwanzaa at centre back at 20 years of age for his first start in one of these horrible 12 30 games. So it wouldn't have been ideal, but it looks like Canate is fit. So um, that's a big relief because then you can play Gomez at right back and then you've still got Matip and Canate as centre back options and Kwanzaa will have the pressure of that environment away game and that environment on it for his first start. Um, and Robertson, you'd imagine, should should be fine at the at left back. But then, yeah, it's a question of the other South American players, some McAllister, Diaz, and Nunes. I think it was Bielsa said it was muscle fatigue or something that Nunes yeah. had, so not an injury as such, but tiredness in his muscles, which I think comes from the way he's asked to play and the way he does play. Very much high intensity, lots of fast sprints. Yeah. He's an incredibly fast player, so you'd imagine it comes from that. And Bielsa, well, he's renowned for working players incredibly hard, isn't he? Yeah. So. I'm sure it'll benefit Nunes in the long run, but maybe for Wolves at the weekend, possibly, yeah, maybe a bit too much, but we'll see. Um, McAllister and Diaz as well, um, they're the other two question marks. But 
Liverpool have plenty of options in midfield. Jones, Elliot can play. Endo, as you mentioned, can play maybe instead of instead of McAllister and Jota and Gappo as well up front. So there's plenty of options there. It's just a case of how fit are the South American lads. Yeah, I think the back four, I think, picks itself. I mean, me and you were having a discussion on WhatsApp about, like, throwing Quanser in there and, like, yeah. it's, yeah, Dragon's Den, whatever, like, the straight in against Wolf, a debut, half 12. Like, it's it's like sink or swim, like, he either does really well um, or yeah. it's, it's a nightmare. But Canate being back, of, of course, is a massive plus. So, yeah, I think that basically picks itself. Gomez goes, goes right back and... Hopefully, can build on the really good performance he put in against Villa because Klopp again referenced it today. Like talking about Gomez and Matip, like the the capable of being that good. We just need them to be that good more consistently. I think that's a that's a big thing. I think Gomez mm-hmm. moving over to right back. Um, I mean, it's it's not his best position, but I think he's he's very and he's an able deputy there. I think I just think it maybe yeah. changes what Liverpool are going to. Do in terms of like that the system we've been playing where Trent comes inside alongside a six, it maybe just makes us go the way we we used to be going. Where we used yeah. to know what Liverpool were doing and go four three three. Um, yeah, it, I think with McAllister, I think he might just from what he said today, like he got back. I think Klopp said he got back at four in the morning, so he's probably got home. He's probably still in bed. He's probably just gone yeah, off yeah. not not too long ago. He's probably absolutely knackered. So it depends what like we said before, like how he feels. What the numbers guys say, but I think Endo potentially coming in into yeah. the into the sick role, and then you've got Zobersky, of course, first name on the team sheet. He's an absolute what a what a fella he is. And mm. then I think I mean, like you said, you've got Jones, you've got uh, you've got Elliot. I think Jones will probably just come straight in on, on yeah. the left hand side of a, of the three. There, do you think? Well, I think Jones started the Villa game, and Elliot hasn't actually started a game this season. That just makes me think maybe Jones has the match fitness to start the game yeah. a bit more than Elliot. It's sort of a toss of a coin between the two when they're both at the best. Um, they're both very good players. Elliot's slightly younger, so maybe your time is more on his side than it is on Jones' side. They're both very young. Um, and the other thing is, if Sobersly plays on that right side, if you then put Elliot on the left, maybe with being left-footed, it's not quite the fit for him. So maybe, yeah, Jones on the left side of midfield, Endo in the middle, Sobersly on the right makes the most sense. And and with McAllister out and Alexander-Arnold out, if assuming McAllister doesn't start, it maybe makes more sense to put Endo in because Alexander-Arnold would have inverted, but you can't, you can't imagine Gomez will be inverting into midfield. So maybe it makes more sense to have Endo there as a stable holding midfield player just to keep it tight in the centre instead of having someone invert into that position. Um, so maybe it does make sense for Endo to start this game. Um, and especially given it's away from home, Wolves uh, will be will, will be looking for an upset, really. So they'll be looking to be on the front foot rather than just, if it was Anfield, you'd expect them to sit maybe 10, 11 behind the ball. Whereas at home, they might have to come out a bit more and that's where you might need someone like Endo. But yeah, my prediction will be Sobersly Endo Jones, but I wouldn't be too upset if Elliot were to come in either so yeah that's fine yeah there's a few there's a few options and I think well I was just on midfield stuff like he got Klopp got asked about Graven Birch and was yeah was happy to talk about how good he is in tight spaces and wide spaces ability to drive the ball acceleration and yeah. a lot of good qualities he also mentioned there's defensive capabilities and was kind of saying he needs to improve and I think he's obviously had that honest discussion with him where he says he needs to if he improves the side of his game, he's a, he's a better player. I think Graven Birch himself will know that. So it's all about how 
he gets on board with us and I mean he's he's very young so but his ceiling is potentially very high it's it's up to how it's up to it's up to Ryan Gravenberch really how good Ryan Gravenberch is going to be which is I mean it's a, it's a good problem to have if you know you can be so good you just need to put the work in and stuff but I mean mm. for this for this one I feel like even if he's on the bench and hopefully Liverpool have I mean, in an ideal world, be two or three goals up, and then Gravenberch comes onto the field maybe the last ten minutes or whatever. Yeah. But just just on Gravenberch, and I, because we have, we haven't really discussed him, like it's he's a it's a great sign in that one, isn't it? Well, I I was I thought we'd look at a more natural defensive midfielder because Endo's kind of our only player who fits that. Obviously, by Setic, but he's only eighteen, so you can't really say, oh, you're going to play, play starting forty games a season as a holding midfielder. So I thought maybe we'd look more to that profile, whereas Gravenberch feels like a signing where if you're Elliot or Jones, you may be thinking, what does that mean for me in terms of is he going to take up my game time? He's a similar age to they are to, to the age they are as well. So they could be thinking, is he going to take up that sort of game time? But um, there is a school of thought that Gravenberch will be, Klopp will do a Wijnaldum with him, convert him into that holding midfield player. Um, as he mentioned today, he does need to do a lot of defensive work before he probably is good enough to do that, certainly as a lone defensive midfielder. Maybe in a two, he could do that. And I think he has done that, to be fair, for Bayern and, and even Ajax. But um, on his own as a lone defensive midfielder, I think there would have to be work to do there. But Klopp said the attributes that he's got, good in tight spaces, um, but he can shoot and he can pass. Um, so, listen, if Klopp likes him, um, that's 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 enough of a endorsement for me. Um, yeah, I don't think he'll start. I'd be surprised if he was thrown straight in, given Jones and Elliot and Sobersly, they, they, they're more integrated into the team at the minute. Um, and I doubt he plays the holding midfielder ahead of Endo at this stage either. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he started tomorrow. Maybe the Europa League game on Thursday could be a good chance to give him his full debut. But, yeah, maybe minutes off the bench on Saturday. Yeah, I think Thursday presents a perfect opportunity for Gravenberch, to be honest, because, yeah, maybe try different styles. You can try Gravenberch and then against a, a, a lesser team with all respect and see and see what Liverpool can do in different different formations and stuff. But again, a great sign. And like you, I, I was surprised, I guess, that we didn't go for a more, I guess, out-and-out out six, but... Klopp shown in the past, like you rightly said, you can mould anyone to whatever he, yeah. he wishes in the in the way that no one else can. So, if you want to buy, put money on someone doing it, then you and Klopp can do it. So, hopefully, Gravenberch gets on board with that, which I'm sure him coming to the club is a is a massive reason for um for him to be doing that. So, hopefully, he can and we'll start to see some good stuff from him and we'll see some bits from him in the future in the next couple of games. And then just on the just on the on the front three, then because you mentioned Diaz is a warrior. Um, Nunes, like you said, with the muscular potential problems or and whatever stuff's gone on there. Salah, of course, is just a machine. Plays every game, always does. Yeah. Um, I I've still got a sneaking suspicion that Diaz plays. You know, because I think people yeah. are saying that maybe Jota comes in and it's a great option to have Jota can play off the left easily and can inter interchange with Gakpo. Gakpo can go over there, so it works in terms of. Um, maybe hard in your position a little bit more than you can change at will. But I think Diaz, I just think he'll, I think he'll play with, alongside Gakpo and Salah. What do you think? Diaz is the one out of him, McAllister and Nunez, that's, I would say is most likely to play. Um, so I feel like he's got that left wing slot as his own. Like Salah has the right wing guaranteed. 
feel like Diaz kind of does have that left wing when fully fit. Obviously, last season he had that horrible injury, but um, he has that sort of as his position, which does make you think. And it's opportunity to rest him in midweek as well against against Lask. Jota could come in for that game if needed. Um, it'll it will ultimately will be will the sports science guys, the guys that know that their numbers in terms of how how fit they are, the oxygen saturation or whatever it is they look at. I'm not an expert at that, but um, whatever they look at, they'll be able to tell Klopp right he's fit enough to play. And Diaz, well, he does have an absurd level of, of stamina, really. When you look at how many lung busting runs he's capable of a game. Um, so Diaz is the one, yeah, maybe he'll start. Um, but if not, I'm fine. Jota being on that left-hand side um, with Gapo down the middle, that'd, that'd work absolutely fine with me. And you've always got the options off the bench as well. I assume whichever two, if Diaz and Nunes aren't starting, I assume they'll be on the bench to bring on if needed. And we'll look at the, new, the impact Nunes had last time he was a sub against Newcastle, so... Um, there's no, certainly no problem with with the options off the bench if if they're not fit enough to start. Yeah, I think that's the thing we we love. Like we've got them that amount of options because it covers you for stuff like this where someone's not injured but they're not technically allowed to play. Like I said, the sports science guys and sports science guys might not um, say that allowed to play. And Klopp always takes that as gospel. He always takes yeah, he that and says, yeah, well, fair enough. Like, I can't risk them. It's not worth risking them when we've got an abundance of um, and quality options. Um, yeah, so I think, I mean, we haven't really talked... Let's talk a little bit about Wolves this season then, because yeah. before before we finish up, because they're, they're currently fifth in the, in the, in the table, um, four games won. One win against Everton, uh, last minute winner, <laughs> which I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, three defeats. Like I think, like Klopp mentioned again in his press conference today, like they've lost quite a, quite a few players that were uh, like Sir Nunes, who I hated coming up against. He was just, yeah. especially against the midfield, we had he just he run past you because he was he is a quality player and um, and other players. So, what are you what are your thoughts on them and how how they're doing? Because they've, they've got a lot of quality. Like Cunha is. As it always catches my eye how good and how well he drives the ball. I think against yeah, United, yeah. he was absolutely he was absolutely flying. But they've, they've still got quality in there, haven't they, to cause a problem? Well, that's the thing. Like even you look at I watched the opening game of the season against Man United for them, and they should have beaten Man United. They certainly should have had a penalty at the end of the game to at least get a draw. But they were far the better team at Old Trafford. Now I'd, I'd have to ask Wolves fans. But how many times have Wolves gone to Old Trafford and been the better team? I doubt it's that many. Um, and we can we won't mention Man United's whatever problems they've got at the minute. So maybe that helped Wolves to perform well in that game. Um, they had Brighton in the next game and got uh, battered a bit by Brighton. But a lot of teams get battered by Brighton, so there's no sort of shame in that. And then Palace was a bit of an odd game where it was goals at half time and then ends up three two. So. Um, it was an odd one, really. But th- the one thing I will say about Wolves is they're having a lot of impact from substitutes this season. We just mentioned Liverpool's subs. Wolves have scored four goals this season and three of them have been by subs. And that Everton winner was a substitute. Kaladzic came off the bench. So I think we have to be wary of that if it's tight late on. That they actually have enough depth to have impact players off the bench, which for a team like Wolves, who have been fighting in the mid-table areas of the Premier League rather than where Liverpool have been aiming to be, you know, they've got an impressive array of options. Klopp did mention that. He said to say they've sold the likes of, you know, they've even lost defensive players um, in, in the summer as well. But to say how many players they've lost, they still have an unbelievably good team on paper. And Cunha really is a handful. He certainly was against Man United. Um, he just needs to maybe add 
more goals, but we hope he doesn't do that uh, tomorrow lunchtime. He can <laughs> he can be good after that game. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw the United game and yeah, ridiculous that late on, like the decisions and whatever, but he was just causing them havoc. He was running mm-hmm. through them at will. Um, so that's one we need to keep an eye on because players that run at pace, I guess having Canate back <laughs> massively helps in that. Yeah. He can, I mean, he can he can make anyone look slow and uh, or yeah. weak just by how good he is. So we're going to re- rely on him and, and the likes of Matip and Gomez to to be on, on top form to kind of keep those players quiet. That That's why it's going to be tricky. It's always tricky, like we said. So it's always a tricky game, but especially when you're missing, when you are missing Trent, it's massive because Klopp said today, like, Get, find find me someone who can pass the ball as well as Trent, and, and we'll throw them in. Basically, you were yeah. saying, um, yeah, because yeah, can he, we have Kevin De Bruyne for this one game? Just yeah, just <laughs> loaners for sixty minutes, and we'll yeah. you can shoot back off on the train. Well, he's injured um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, there's no one else, and that that's the testament to how good Trent Alexander Arnold is. He yeah. he really is. Like that's why we've invested him in the way that we have been doing because play goes through him for a reason because he's he's just a ridiculous football player and yeah um but yeah let's 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 finish up there but before we do as i always finish with and it's the more i do these the more pointless and i think it is because i always get them wrong but score prediction <laughs> what are you thinking you asking me this i hate you asking me this mick I would, i've always told you never ask me this, this question i can't i, I can't we've got we've got the score prediction in the whatsapp group now so i've, I've got to do score predictions every week and it's it's good it's a bit of fun and whatever but you you give yours because you're not going to get one out of me you're uh, no I, I, i'm going i'm going two one to be honest because i've i've got the score because we've been winning recently i've been getting the right not the right score line but you get what you get one point if you get if you say it's a win and you get a win, you have to have the right scoreline to get three points in, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the WhatsApp group. So, yeah, I've, I'm going to go for 2-1 because I, I never feel comfortable with saying Liverpool are going to get a clean sheet. We did against Villa and that was down to a very, well, Klopp referenced it again today, like how good that Villa performance was mm. against a team we generally have some struggles against. But I think this one, with the stuff we've mentioned, Trent and South American lads and whatever, and potentially some changes in there, I do feel like we will concede, but I think a two-one, but like a comfortable two-one, like a, a late goal by them, maybe to make it. I'd, hopefully, I'd, not too nervous, but a li- like maybe a little bit nervous. I would definitely take that. Um, I, I, any win is a win, especially away from home at uh, twelve thirty. Just just go there and get the three points and get out. Is the is the mantra? It doesn't really, matter. especially with Van Dijk missing and Alexander Arnold missing, the two of your absolute key players. Um, and with Liverpool's 12-30 record last season, it is just a case of just smash and grab will do. Just win. Anything will do. Look at Origi's winner against Wolves in uh, the season before, where it was just 90th minute, um, last minute winner. Anything will do. Kind of, kind of, kind of game. That's that's what tomorrow is ultimately. Yeah, it's just one of them. Insert that meme of that fella like stood on the street with like a picket sign on the air, and it's got just win reds on, like just, yeah. Yeah, ju- just, just, just win, and yeah. we can go top of the league. Very, I mean, probably just for a couple of hours, but we can yeah. go top of the league, and that that always looks good. I mean, I don't, I don't like celebrating obviously after five games and whatever, but the way last season was going, to see Liverpool like doing well and getting ten out of twelve so far, and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, make that thirteen points out, uh, out of five would be would be even even better. Um, but yeah, thanks, Mike. Appreciate yeah, you. Cheers, it's been it's been yeah. uh, it's been a pleasure as always. Like, well, I mean, this wasn't a, a stat show per se, but there was a lot of stats in there, of course, because Mike does work for Opta. So if you want to, if you do want to go and follow Mike, then 
I always say this, go and do it, because there's always good stuff on there, at Michael underscore read 11. Sometimes it gets retweeted by Joyce and his... But, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, go and follow him. There's always good stuff on there. And just before I go, I just wanted to... We've got a... Um, a little deal going with Jack Design. So basically, if you wanna if you wanna go and get yourself a like a comic strip print to commemorate the seven 0 win last year over Man United, they are going for ninety nine p. So if you wanna go over jackdesign.uk forward slash shop, it'll be it's one of the best sellers. So seven mil print A four add to your basket. Then copite ninety nine is the code copite ninety nine on checkout. So it's eight ninety nine. It'll drop that. It'll take eight quid off for you, and it'll be ninety nine p. So if you want to go over and do them, I don't know how many's left because they've been going like hotcakes to be fair since since yesterday since I put the code out. So if you want to go and get one, copite ninety nine is the code. Jack Design is the website. Go and have a look. Um, but yeah, Mike, nice one for jumping on as always. Yeah, really appreciate you jumping on. Um, yeah, we'll be back hopefully um, a couple of days once Liverpool have won quite convincingly. Hopefully. Um yeah, and we'll we'll do a little review of that one. But as always, appreciate you listening. We really do appreciate the sport. Um and yeah, we'll catch you all very soon. Appreciate it. Nice one. I'm Jamie Carragher and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. Podcast Network.